sure good to get an extra hour of sleep, and hopefully we're all re-energized today as we begin a new week. The first day of the week to celebrate the risen Lord, the same Lord that comes to us in Holy Communion, who we receive into our hearts today. A shout out to the Jamestown football team who made it to the state championship game. Continue to make our city proud as you head to Fargo next week to the Dome for the state championship. Today, we're going to begin a few weeks of discussion on an important topic of adoration. What is adoration? What do we do at adoration? And how has adoration transformed hearts and lives of unbelievers to all the way up to the saints? That God is dwelling and present to his faithful. As I begin our discussion this week, what is adoration? I'd like to ask you a simple question. Who is the most important person you have ever talked to? Think about that in your heart for a moment and let that settle with an answer. Who is the most important influential person you have ever talked to? Some people have answered this way. The first one I asked said, my grandma. When I went off to college, grandma checked on me several times a day. She was patient. She was irreplaceable. She had a caring and loving and an unforgettable heart. She's not only beautiful on the outside, she was beautiful on the inside as well. Another person responded to the most influential person was their best friend. The best friend helped them in all of their problems. When the financial adversity hit us very hard, they helped us to see life in a new perspective as they picked us up. One little girl answered this way, it is my dad. My dad is the most important person I talk to. This person had been struggling with depression and was suicidal, and they felt like they were laying on the bottom of a toilet bowl waiting for somebody else to push flush. But her dad picked her up, carried her, made her feel her worth, her dignity, her purpose. Who would you say is the most influential person you've ever talked to? The second question, what did you do to prepare to talk to that individual? One person had the privilege of honoring and meeting St. John Paul the Great as he was a Holy Father shaking his hand. And the person said to prepare, they were so nervous they were shaking. They were shaking in his presence. Even though they couldn't dialogue, they felt the presence of God in his midst. One person, believe it or not, said the most influential person they ever talked to is themselves. My goodness, we talked to ourselves. I was trying to figure out where this was going. And they said, Father, I got to listen to myself all day long. So how do I prepare? I prepare by thinking before I talk. Fair enough. But only a couple people said the most influential person they've ever talked to is God. Why is God not on this list? And that's why so few answer, and I'm going to say it for me, God is the most influential person I've ever talked to, and I talk to him every day. Why do I go to him? 
because He created me. He's open to listening to me. I can share with Him the good, the bad, and the ugly. I can share all my thoughts, my feelings, my desire, whatever's on my mind and in my heart. He loves me. He loves me. And I look at Him and He looks at me. And when I'm overtaken in love, I want to order my heart to His. Why? Because when my heart is ordered, I not only receive love, I experience peace. I experience joy. And God is the most important person you and I should talk to. Why? Why would we say that? Well, number one, He created us. Number two, He knows you better than you will know yourself. And number three, He loves you for who you are. And He wants to meet you where you are at. Even if you're far from Him, He stands there and He waits. Here is why our parish adoration needs to go from five hours on a Thursday to bumping it up to five hours a week starting the last week of November. And I was reminded of this as I was talking to a person in a parish the other day who said, you know, Father, I talk to God all day long. Why should I even bother coming to adoration? Because I'm already talking to Him. And I love these questions because they're teachable moments. One of God's little children spoke to me this way, which I would respond to this answer. They said, you know, when I drive by the church, I can point and say, there is God's house. He lives there. When I drive by my friend's house, I can point to his house and say, my friend lives there. And think of all the good memories we've had. But when I drive by church and Jesus is exposed on the altar in the monstrance, this little child said, he is sitting there and waiting for someone to stop by to speak to him. It's like he's sitting on the porch waiting for company to happen. How do we approach God? Today we have two widows who came and gave God everything they've got from their nothingness. We hear in the first reading that Elijah appears to the widow. And the widow in the first reading today makes it off of oil and water to live until it rains. A year later, God provided. We hear in the gospel today the difference between arrogance and humility, between pride and meekness. The old lady gave everything she had back to God. What do we give to God with our time? What do we give to God with our treasure from the excess and the surplus or from the generosity of our heart? And that's why as Jesus waits here for us to speak to him, we can talk to God all day long. But what I'm going to ask you is, are you aware of what he is doing in your life? Are you even entering the conversation and allowing him to respond to you? You know, growing up, uh, my friend down the road, he would have different things going on in his life. I obviously could go and drop by his house and pick up a conversation. But if I'm talking to my friend all day long from the Basilica, I will never hear a word he has to say. And that's why I can drive by his house 
for a visit and we can laugh at jokes together. We can support each other in our struggles. We can offer the shoulder to cry on if we need to cry or simply enjoy a cup of Coke together. That's the difference between adoration and talking to God. And that's why the Eucharistic adoration is the act of sitting in the presence of Jesus, spending time with him on the altar. He's in the monstrance and he's waiting on the altar for all who want to worship him or simply just be with him. I have a story of a colleague of mine to help us to understand what adoration can do in our lives. This colleague is a story of two siblings. These two siblings grew up together. They got along well. They went to the same college. They had friends in common. And when they became adults, they got married and life happened. And all of a sudden, the one sibling moved to the East Coast for their career, while the other stayed back in the local neighborhood. And obviously, as they went different ways, they never stayed connected. They were too busy with their wife and their children. There was not enough energy to have a mental, physical, or emotional talk on the phone every day. But they knew each other, loved each other, and how important each other were. These two young men were in a relationship, but that relationship got very weak when communication was cut off. They did not prioritize each other. They did not intersect or interact with each other. There was not a look of love that they were used to when they were in each other's presence all day long because of a lack of time and the mileage that separated their lives. One of them said, you know, I grew lazy and I grew selfish with what I had. But over time, about five years ago, something changed in their lives. And it was not a better cell phone data plan. It was the Holy Spirit who smacked one of them on the head and they began to text and call each other on a regular basis. Their relationship began to grow. They were blessed. They would um, put the effort to share different things going on in their lives with their family. They'd text jokes and pictures about life events, about funny things, and even weird things too. But they would look forward every day to seeing their name on the phone, either through a text and a ding, or the phone call ringing in their ears. And their love rekindled like they did in their childhood. Now the Holy Spirit popped one of these boys over the head again and showed him that the relationship with his brother is like his relationship with Jesus. He grew up in a Catholic school and he went to high school faith formation. He knew Jesus loved him. He prayed every day. He attended Sunday Mass. But his relationship was marginal. He was too busy for Jesus. Shuffling kids from activity to activity, running ragged, cleaning the house, cooking supper, family time, friend time, work time, blah, 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 excuse, excuse, excuse after excuse. Mother Teresa has a quote that I think sums this up very well. Mother Teresa said, the time you spend with Jesus 
in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament is the best time you will ever spend on earth. Each moment you spend with our Lord Jesus, you will deepen your union with him and make your soul everlastingly more glorious and beautiful in heaven and will bring an everlasting peace on this earth. Who here would not want that? I can't imagine because every human heart is created for that. When we are with Jesus, wonderful things happen in our hearts. There is power in the Blessed Sacrament. There is power in the consecrated host as Jesus is present to all of us. The same heart that pumped blood into his arteries and veins is present in the consecrated host. The same life giving blood is the same Jesus who comes to us today on this altar. And that's why we are called when he is with us to relate to him, to love him, and simply be with him. Now, I think it's very important that we also look, as we look at ourselves, how do we want to serve the Lord? How do we want to adore the Lord? How do we want to be with the Lord? You know, in my prayer time, there are powerful things that have come. Adoration is one of the things that came to me in one of my prayer hours. God desires to be made known and loved on this altar every single day in time for adoration. But also next Saturday's healing mass was also sprung from an adoration hour. I've had two dead people that have died that have come to me in adoration hour seeking prayers. Why? Because they are trapped in purgatory waiting to get to heaven, asking for prayers for me specifically. If I'm going through life as life is normal, these things never happen. And that's why we need that time set aside, because I'm reminded of another story, of this lady who grew up in Denver, Colorado, who had a major conversion. I think she was a hairstylist by her day job, and one day she struggled. And she was struggling with a client that morning. She was struggling with family dysfunctionalism that day. And so in her lunch break, she decided to walk across the street to a church. She did not realize the church was Catholic, but she entered in. And as she entered into the church, what happened? She sat down. And she was disturbed and she was seeking peace. And as she went and sat down and was drawn in, she left in peace. The next day on her lunch break, she came back to the same church, again not knowing anything about Catholicism or what church she entered. She sat down and she felt that wasn't just peace. She felt that when she left that she had rested for eight hours. All going into the church. And she kept coming to the church day after day on her lunch break, not knowing anything. And all of a sudden, one day, she was moved. She wants to inquire about this church. And this church is a Catholic church, and she starts the RCIA program. And they talk to her about perpetual adoration, that Jesus is present on the altar 24 hours a day, seven days a week except during Mass. And all of a sudden, a red light went, or a green light went off in her mind and said, Aha, I get it. I was sitting with Jesus, and I didn't even know it, that he was present on that altar. She said, I felt heard. I felt loved. I was overwhelmed with peace 
and I laughed and I felt rested. She entered the church and it wasn't until she entered the church that she knew anything about adoration or the Blessed Sacrament. When I teach all about adoration to children, I'm reminded of when I started seminary. And I did not know, yes, I went to adoration in the Catholic school. I did all the things that we normally do, but I didn't know what I was doing or how to approach it. And I remember talking to my spiritual director one day. I said, going to adoration is a lot like going to a campfire. We all love a good campfire. And my spiritual director says, yes, we do. And he says, well, what do you do there when you're at a campfire? Well, of course, we sit, we laugh, we cry, we sing. Sometimes we just show up and just want to be there to experience the warmth. He says, isn't it interesting that adoration is like, like, like a campfire? He says, when you sit there, do you ever watch the time? And I said, no, I don't. He said, when you love somebody that deeply, time is set aside. That's why adoration is a lot like a campfire. And that's why our Lord is still working today. And he wants your heart. He wants your family's heart. He wants to convert our parish. And that's why he put that desire on my heart. Why? Because when we spend time with him is when our hearts start to change, to live like him and to be like him. But what about the healing he wants to bring? You know, we have people who are dying of cancer. We have people who are struggling on a ventilator with the COVID. Jesus is still working today. And I'm going to share a Eucharistic miracle with you today that happened in a little town of Lanciano, Italy in the 8th century. The priest doubted the real presence of Jesus as he was offering the Mass. And all of a sudden, after he consecrated the host, he elevated it. The blood started dripping and pulsating from the host, running down his hands. The priest put the host in a tabernacle, went and consulted his bishop, and it has stayed there from the 8th century until 1971. The bishop had the wisdom and the insight through his prayer. Let's get this host checked out. Why is it still going through all this thing? What is going through? And they took it to a lab, and what did they find? They found type AB blood. Type AB blood from heart tissue from a middle-aged man living in the Middle East. As the bishop came back after that host was examined, he told the lab tech, the lab tech converted Johnny on the spot, that the heart of Jesus was in his presence. You know what? We don't see Eucharistic miracles in any other Christian denomination. It's only in Catholicism, because God is truly here. God wants your heart, and he wants you to spend time with him. There are more stories, more experiences I will share with you as weeks come. But today I'd like you to consider, can I either give one hour a morning or an afternoon or an evening a week extra outside of Mass to simply just be with the Lord? Not listening to somebody preach to me all day or something going on and talking or singing, just to be in his presence. And the Adoration Committee and I have decided we're going to add two evening hours, two morning hours, and one daytime hour. That way, if you work, we got you covered. Monday nights, Adoration will be from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. 
Tuesday morning will be from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. And at St. John's Academy from 9.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. for the students. Wednesday morning will be from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Thursday afternoon will be from 12.30 p.m. to 6 p.m. And Friday night from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. except the first Friday. It will start at 4 p.m. and go all day and all night until Saturday morning, 8 a.m. A holy hour is a time set apart for Jesus, allowing him to love you, allowing him to seek you, and allowing him to lead you deeper and deeper into the communion of love he has in his heart. We need to be Christ-centered in the culture we live today because all of us face temptations. As a priest, I face all the temptations you face. And Satan, I think, even attacks me harder some days with temptations. But I'm going to tell you, it's that one hour every morning at 5.30 that I look forward to the most of any day. Being in the presence as I look at Jesus and Jesus looks at me and we gaze. Sometimes words are spoken. Sometimes there is silence. Sometimes I'm, I'm inspired to pray for others. Sometimes I'm inspired to ask for sorrow and contrition. Other times I simply give thanksgiving or asking for the prayers of those I need. Today I encourage you to ask Jesus one question. And I want you to hear his voice. It's a question you should ask him from your heart and don't let me answer it for you. The question I want you to ask Jesus is, Lord, do you want me to spend time with you in your presence outside a Mass? How well do you know Jesus and how well will he respond? He isn't going to say no to anyone because he longs and he waits for you here every day. Today, the woman in the Gospel, her two coins were all she had. She come to Jesus with all she had. Jesus responded. She left. She walked away. Did God cut her off? No. Did God provide and keep her going? Absolutely. Wouldn't it be wonderful if our community and our state and our local leaders would spend time in adoration? But we should have the desire to do it for ourselves first, for our own families. Conversion only happens when we encounter the one who is perfect in all virtues. His name is Jesus, who we receive in Holy Communion today. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Amen.